privilege is all around you. It shows up in your clothes, where you live, the places you frequent, your network capital, and even how you spend your money. It's useless until you recognize it. So it's time to stop feeling guilty and figure out how to use your privilege to make an impact. Welcome to Guilty Privilege. Welcome back to another episode of Guilty Privilege. My name is Amber Cabral, and today I have the privilege of hosting Mr. Sean Peen. He is the founder of June 79, and trust me, you definitely want to get out there and get this look. We're going to talk to him about his brand, as well as the work he's done with several other brands in the fashion industry, and the impact of having equity in design and branding. Hey, Sean. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Listen, let me tell you how much I love you. Oh, I have been telling people about my podcast coming up and I was like, I am so excited to talk to Sean because you are like my brother from another mother. This is true. This we is have true. such yeah. an amazing like friendship and it's not been that long. It has not. But listen. But impactful. Very impactful. Super impactful. Yeah. We give each other great feedback. Absolutely. We got a lot of laughs. Yep. So I'm, I'm hoping we're going to bring that energy to this talk. Why wouldn't we? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I'm ready. All okay. Right. So I'm going to start with a little bit of serious stuff first. Okay. <clears throat> the coughing is not the serious stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with some serious stuff first. There are not a lot of visible, successful, heterosexual black men in fashion. Okay. Yeah. So I would That's love it. to know because you are a black man in fashion and you've been I around. Am. Okay. For a long time. Yes. And you have been with some really fantastic um, um, companies. Yeah. All right. Some great brands. I would love to know what it has been like, you know, living in your identity in that space because it's not necessarily one that's well represented. It is not well represented. Mm -hmm. You are right. There's not many of us. Um, but for me, it's. Um, you know, I started off just being my authentic self, mm -hmm. right? And I think that as a heterosexual black male that um, it has its positives and yeah. it has its negatives. And so I've had to adjust certain parts, you know, throughout my career, how I communicate. Um, I'm a kid from Brooklyn. So for yeah. me, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very direct um, with a little bit of accents and use and theirs and, you know, all of that. So, you know, a lot of that had to shift over over time. But for me, I think um, once I understood the landscape that I was in and in fashion where, um, you know, there's a huge female presence, uh, there's a huge um, LGBTQ presence within mm -hmm. our, our fashion industry. And, and for me, I, I had to make sure that people understood who I am mm -hmm. um, when I step into the room. And so I think you know, it presents challenges and it presents opportunities. The opportunities are that people understand that what you're saying is because you took time to understand it. Yeah. And so that's something that I've always done in my career. Um, you know, I think the the opportunities within that are that not everyone wants to receive it. I yes. think, you know, being that voice in the room, um, not everyone appreciates it because they don't understand uh, my point of view. So. I found myself getting challenged a lot in, in subject matters in which I knew and felt that I was the expert because mm -hmm. I took time to like delve into the business and or speak to businesses in a way and from a point of view that's different than theirs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people challenge that. Mm -hmm. and, and in some cases, people fear what they don't understand. Absolutely. In most cases, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. In every case, people fear what they don't understand. 
and I don't think I was understood when I came in this industry with my point of view, which to me is a balance of, you know, rationality, um, a balance of creativity and a balance of business acumen. Um, I understood the business, but I, you know, very early on, I like to wear color, yeah. you know, as I'm wearing color today, but right. that was big. And back then it was like, oh, so you must be gay. I was like, no, I'm, I'm very much a heterosexual male, but I like wearing color. Right. Like that doesn't make me, that doesn't put me into this bucket. Oh, but you're in fashion. And yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I, you know, that was a lot, um, that happened a lot throughout my career. And, um, you know, it was just navigating it one day at a time, mm -hmm. you know, and one of the things for me, I think that led to my success. I never took anything personal. Oh, I um, love that. I never took anything personal. At the end of the day, it, you know, business was business. So if someone came at me a certain way, you shake it off and then you manage it from a business perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't have, I don't have the same leeway as some of my counterparts. When you're the only person of color in the That's room, right. you don't have the, like, you know, my set of challenges are very different. Mm -hmm. Your risk is greater. <clears throat> my risk was was far greater. Right. And I understood that early on because not just for me, but for others that look like me. Mm -hmm. What tends to happen with if you're black and in this industry is that people categorize you. So if I, who am on the business side, a decision maker, if I mess up, usually it's like, well, see, we can't bring black people in uh -huh. because of this. It uh -huh. wasn't my individual mistake. Right. Collectively, right. now it is all of our mistakes. All of our mistakes. That's right. And so, um, witnessing that and seeing that, it, um, you know, I had to then operate at a very high level. Yeah. You know, and just make sure that when I came and I came in buttoned up, um, I knew what I was talking about, and I became a student of this industry. Yeah. You know what I mean, I think that's what what's led me down the path that I am now. Yeah. So you said something about challenges, because when we first met, I definitely challenged you. <laughs> you did. You did. Our first conversation. That's right. So you want to talk about that conversation so the people can know that I challenge everybody, just so you know. You do challenge everybody. <laughs> but I think at the time you challenged me in a way that um, it caught me. It, first, it caught me off guard because I thought I was speaking and helping a situation by lending my voice. Mm -hmm. Um, but really what you helped me understand is that it may have fixed a problem, but it wasn't fixing a pattern. That's right. And so that conversation became, um, the reason why we became so cool. That's Amber, it. That's, that's it. it. I was like, yo, real recognize real and you are right. And this, that's what's up. And I, and you remember I said, I said, your voice needs to be heard in every room. And we are here. And we are in, yeah, we, we <laughs> and are. we are here. Right. So yeah. I I um I really appreciate what you said about, you know, just um not feeling like there's a lot of grace, especially being, you know, just in your identity, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which is why I open with that question because I recognize obviously being a black woman, you know, there are a lot of rooms, you know, in my corporate career and also as a consultant that have been difficult for me. So I I can definitely connect to that. Um, but there are often times I find that I can open some doors. Yeah. So have you found that that's been something you've experienced as well? Like, you know, just as a result of, you know, the way that you show up in a space, particularly this yeah. space, the fashion space yep. that you've been able to open some doors. I, I, I know the answer to this question, but I'd like <laughs> you to talk a little bit about it. Yeah, no, for sure. I've, I've always been about opening doors yeah. up for our people. Um, even when I was on the business side, um, I, I always hire people of color and I made sure that they had an opportunity, um, within a, my, at least my teams, um, on my side of the organization 
And it's funny, I used to get made fun of it a lot. And mm. I remember I, um, I, my team consisted of three, it was me plus three, so it was four of us on a buying team. And three of us, I hired two people of color. And I was, you know, oh, you got United Nations over there. Wow. Uh, with the comments that were made. And so, you know, it kind of, it, I, you know, you get taken back a little bit. But then I realized that what I was doing was exactly what needed to be done. Because if that's your comment mm -hmm. versus are they qualified? Are they smart? Like, why, you, you didn't ask me why they came. Yeah. Or you just assume because because you're not used to that. You're not used right. to seeing, you know, a team um, within this environment that there's multiple people of color. There's usually just one in the room. Exactly. And so I wanted to break that stigma and break that norm. And I've done that throughout my career. And so the challenges will come because I think the eye hasn't adjusted yet. That's true. You know, when you look at fashion and when you look at um, at the lower level, if you're looking at it from a triangle perspective, there's tons of people of color, right? Absolutely. But as you get further up, there's less roles, senior management roles. There aren't. It's You'll be hard pressed to find um, a black CEO running a fashion organization. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. when you look at the customer profile, absolutely, you know yeah. we're a strong majority of that, right? right? In any luxury house, in yeah. any um, in any classification of business, mm -hmm. I think the consumption that people of color have are pretty high. Yeah. Um, but the decision makers who who manage that are not so not of color, right? And so I think that there's always going to be a disconnect. Um, and it's a shame, but I think, you know, the advancement of our people within this space is huge. And I think there's more voices that need to be heard. And it's funny, I, um, and I'm gonna tell you a story because in 2018, 2017, 2018, I got a brag award, business achievement award. And, um, which for me was a big deal. Cause I don't, I don't receive many of them. Um, but Bragg was the first to recognize me as a business leader within this industry. And Bragg has been a very popular, not popular, but they've been a very um, dominant um, DEI um, organization for 40 years. So oh, they wow. started okay. even before the conversation. Yeah, like before George popular, Floyd set it before off. Before Floyd right. set it off, Bragg has been around and supporting and mentoring um, people of color for decades. Yeah. And I'm, I'm speaking, but I, I spoke about in my speech, all of the people that I've worked with, people of color who have not been recognized. Right. That was part of my speech. Mm. And I listed off name after name after name. And it's actually the reason I remember someone just sent it to me recently. But I went through names of all these people that I worked with and um, how talented they were. And none of them ever got their just due within our industry. Mm -hmm. There were the three names I could rattle off right now should be CEOs and man, like of companies. Yeah. And they would absolutely crush it. But their opportunities just never came about. Yeah. Not because of the work that they put in. They did amazing work. They drove businesses. They 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 far exceeded what was asked of them. And still the opportunity was not given to them. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's incumbent upon like just me and those in our industry, even though I'm, I now kind of laugh because I think a lot of it is lip service. That's just me, but um, we have to, we have to keep pushing yeah. that forward. Hey there, if you're listening and finding value in today's episode and want to add a couple tools to your toolbox, I've written a couple books that you might find useful. 
My first book, Allies and Advocates, is to help you be able to show up as an ally or an advocate and to help create a more inclusive and equitable culture, whether that's in your own life or in the workplace. My second book is a little different. It's called Say More About That. What Say More About That does is help you to push back, advocate, and actually challenge. It gives you tips, tools, and language to help you navigate difficult discussions, whether that's in your personal space or your workspaces. So if either of these tools sound like they might be useful for you, you can scroll down into the show notes and click the link and get your own copy of either Allies and Advocates or Say More About That. Back to today's episode. Yeah, absolutely. So I, a, a couple things you, you said uh, brought a couple things to mind. So one, I do think going back to what you said earlier about you know being the only one in the room and missing the collaborativeness of seeing your identity represented, mm. the the impact that representation can make, right? And like wanting that and being deliberate and trying to help create that, whether that was on your team or, yeah. you know, how we were thinking about the consumers that you, you know, were working with, all of those things about buying for. Um, you know, it almost makes me wonder if, you know, why we see some other things that we don't necessarily want to see that kind of cohesiveness happen. Like I know you and I had a conversation where, um, you know, shortly after George Floyd, when a lot of the the big department stores were trying to figure out how to highlight black um, yeah. creators, uh, creatives of, of many different types, right? Clothing, Talk. beauty products, yeah. et cetera. And there was almost like this section that was just this mashup of things. Yeah. And we were like, no, <laughs> you know, was, not, yeah, I agree. not like that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I wonder how much of things like that happening can feel like to a big brand this is me trying to give you that sense of inclusiveness. I'm putting you with, there is representation here when what we're looking for it in is where there's the power, not just yeah. where the product rests. Absolutely. No, I, but look, I think it's both sides. Right. And mm -hmm. I think in, in, in those cases, um, the department stores that were saying we're creating an all black area who wants to be part of it weren't necessarily trying yeah. to solve a problem. I think that's more forward facing, right? Agreed. We want our customers to see that we're that we're we're addressing this, yes. right? But that's not addressing the issue. No. At all. And so I was approached about it and I said, no, thank you. Um, because that's not what I wanted my brand to to be about. Right. Um, you know, and it's funny, I think um it's 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 about equity, right? And um when I first launched my own brand, I got challenged because I had all black models mm -hmm. within my campaign, my I first campaign. That. And, you know, I was telling, why don't you have more diversity? And I said, well, it's about the product. And the person that challenged me would work for a big brand. And I said, when you worked for this brand and they had all white models, did you ask them to bring in a black one? And he didn't respond. He was like, well, it was different back then. Nothing's changed. It was about yeah. the product then, it's about the product now. The eye will adjust. If you're looking at my product, and you was like, ah, oh, it's not for me because the black guy's wearing it. Then you're you're like that's a very short sighted way of yeah. looking at it, right? Yeah, it's and discriminatory, so, flat out. It is, it is. But you know, and I wanted the eye to adjust in that situation yeah. that people can see, you know, five black models wearing our product, and they're like, wow, they all look great. Right. I want to look like that. I want to feel like that. Right. Right. Like fashion. The other side of it is that we're invoking emotion within the product, mm -hmm. especially in luxury. I think for me. Clothing is like consumption, right? No one walks out their house without it. Yeah. It's like everyone needs to eat. Absolutely. Right? And so just depending on how you eat, you either eat, 
McDonald's or you eat no boo, right? And so based on that, that's <laughs> you, how you, you know, sh- high and low it for high the week. And low, or that, but that's how you shop, <laughs> exactly. right? Either you're, you're a, hey, I'm a Zara person or I'm a Cuccinelli person or I'm a Chanel person. Right. And that's how you, that's your consumption, mm-hmm. right? And you may mix your Nike tech fit with a Chanel bag and that's how you go out that's to, right. you know, grab bagels in the morning. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, um, and to me, that's why fashion plays an integral part in in society, culture, um, but more importantly, how we make people feel. Mm-hmm. And to me, um, the biggest callouts are how are we making people feel, right? And I think that, and that's the old Maya Angelou quote that I've always loved. But I don't think that the powers that be truly understand that. Yeah. And I think that's been the biggest disconnect. Like yeah. they keep throwing these things at us. Um, but they're not, they don't want to be connected to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about that for sure. Um, I think, um, to that end, I've had a number of conversations with folks that work in fashion, you know, the folks that, you know, mm-hmm. I know that, mm-hmm. you know, you and I both have talked to where it feels like there is a conversation that is happening in front of the camera and then also a conversation that's happening separately. And so you get oh, these yeah. kind of, you know, these side remarks that are like, oh, you know, but these folks, you know, just need so many things and how am I supposed to help them? And instead of having the perspective that you have access and privilege and power and that can open doors, you don't necessarily have to give me anything specifically other than your vote, you know, or your, you know, willingness to open an opportunity. Yeah. And I think we tend to, we tend to undervalue the power that they have and they tend to undervalue the influence that we have. Like we look at them and say, oh, we can do it on our own and we'll figure it out, which isn't necessarily the best solution, right? Because we've got all these power brokers. And then I think the other side is that they can look at folks that are the, you know, the black creators, the black designers, the black leaders and organizations and go, well, you know, I think we can still do it without having to necessarily do that work. And so it doesn't feel important. It doesn't feel yeah. like I need to focus. And so ultimately we end up in the same kind of cycle, right? Where we want to put on a show that isn't really what's happening on the other side. Yeah. And that's happened historically. Exactly. This is not the first time this has happened it in history. Not. It's happened over and over and over again. Exactly. And the crazy part is that we still find ourselves having these conversations. Yeah. You know, and especially when it comes to fashion, the thing that really burns me is that fashion as an industry is supposed to be the most liberal absolutely forward-thinking industry yeah right? have fun have fun with your clothes but we're still behind absolutely you know and the thing that really bothers me is that we act like we're ahead oh yeah but we're probably the furthest behind. because we want to tell you who gets to have fun with their clothes absolutely. and how you get to have fun absolutely. with your clothes and if your clothes meet the standard that i've decided they yeah, should and if your identity should be wearing those clothes <laughs> and all of those things i love that's yeah all of that's right so that leads me to you have worked at some, you know, major fashion houses, but you now have your own brand. You are wearing your brand today. I am wearing your brand today. June 79. Yeah. June 79. I would love for you to talk to me about June 79. And then I'm going to ask you a couple questions about that. Happy to. June 79. Yes. It is a brand that allows people to represent the best version of themselves. That's, right. That's what we do. And um, no, but I started June 79 because honestly, I think that the world has changed and you know, it's funny during um, even before the pandemic, I, you know, you catch yourself, you know, understanding what's happening in the world and and looking forward. And I was kind of I was in this uh, purgatory of understanding, do I want to go back to my old world or what's next for me? I'm on the other side mm-hmm. of 40. 
what does the next part of my life look like, mm -hmm. right? Like I've broken, I've broken down my existence in life in quarters. So like zero to 20 is Q1, 20 to oh, 40 wow. is Q2. <laughs> okay. 40 to, to 60 is Q3 and 60 to 80 is Q4. And if I get to Q, you know, yeah, anything you get after that is all the time. You get a little after bonus. Is all okay. the time. I'm chilling, all right. Okay. right? And so I've, this first half of my life, I've learned a lot. I've gained a lot. I've transitioned from, you know, very humble beginnings to a world that I didn't think that I belong in. But honestly, it's a world that I um, was probably most comfortable in. And you've changed And so, it. and I've been able to have impact in that, Absolutely. right? In this industry and in my own world and even with my own kids and family. And now I'm in Q3 and I, I was like, all right, half time's over, like what's next? And I thought of all the ideas and how I pushed across ideas forward and the, the challenges and 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 the um, uh, the pushback that I got, but it made a lot of people money. And mm. so I realized, you know, for me, the world's changing. Do I take this idea to somebody or do I create it myself? Yeah. And I was like, if I can endure, I am positive that I can build a brand for the future. And that's what June 79 is about. Because when you think about, you know, how we move um, from professional to social settings, it, it vacillates, right? We're in between both. But the old structural norms don't exist. Do I need to wear a suit or three-piece suit to a meeting? Right. I don't. Right. I don't. But I still need to be professional. Yes. And I still need to represent um, myself in a way that allows the message to be as loud as and clear as my appearance, yeah. right? That I'm about this business, right. that I'm about this world. So um, we started off, I started off in the basement designing and I wanted something that that looked like a suit, but didn't, um, that felt like a suit, but didn't look like a suit. Yes. And so, um, which we came up with the tagline, you know, pursuit of the unsuit. Mm -hmm. um, but really, you know, all of our fabrics are Italian fabrics, the same fabrics that you would find in suiting. That's right. And, and transition that into what I think is a more comfortable um, body, our pants, you know, people love our fit because um, even our little cell phone pocket, there's, there's more that's happened, there's functionality, there's fashion and then there's comfort. I wanted to blend all these worlds together. Everything from like, you know, tailored clothing to athleisure to sportswear. Um, and um, it's and we're not streetwear. We are not a streetwear brand. <laughs> and I say that because when I said, you know, I'm, oh, I have a brand, everyone's like, oh, is it streetwear? Uh, and so people just assume stereotype. that. Stereotype. You're yeah, black Yeah, of man. course, you're black. So, of course. And oh, you're black man from Brooklyn? And Absolutely. From Brooklyn. I know. But we're trying to dress people up. Like, yeah. I don't want people... I want people to walk into rooms and people want to know about you. Yeah. It's not like, oh, he's wearing that logo brand. Oh, we know what he's about. Yes. You know, and I think, you know, our society got caught up in lazy luxury, which is a lot of logos. And, oh, if I wear LV on my chest, people think I'm balling. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, people, that's not what their perceived notion right. of you is, right? But if you wear, um, and there's no knock on LV. I just thought about that. No knock on LV. But- you know, if you wear, if you show up in June 79, people are like, oh, who's that guy? Mm -hmm. I want to know about you and I, you know, or her, you know. And so um, this brand speaks to that and speaks to um, not the way in which we dress today, but the way in which, you know, we dress tomorrow. Um, so, yeah. So what I love about June 79 is that the fabrics are incredible. Yeah. Like this feels, to your point, <laughs> like a suit. This feels nothing like any, you know, jogging material and it's layered, it's well lined. Yeah. Like I have an experience with yeah. this. 
What made you decide to take, this is not fabric you would think of for something that is going to be comfortable. Correct, correct. What made you decide to say, this can be comfortable? Um, intentionality, you know, that's all intentional in terms of the product. I wanted it to be, we wanted comfort, we wanted style, we wanted um, all the different elements that people experience throughout the day to be in your clothing. Mm -hmm. And so there's times that you need to be comfortable. There's times that you need to look great. And there's times that you need functionality. So how do we, you know, we were intentional about that. So for me, it was about working with the best mills, right? That can create fabric that also had a little stretch in it, but also were refined fabrics. Yeah. Um, and so once we identified that, it's like, all right, now we know our fabrics. We know what we want to work with. Um, how are we putting it into the product and making sure that everyone that puts this on has the same visceral reaction. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we were intentional about it. Hey, I hope you're enjoying today's episode of Guilty Privilege. My name is Amber Cabral, and I wanted to share with you that I actually do this for a living. So if you're interested in coaching or training or workshops or even a conversation like this one, you can reach out to me and my team by going to cabralco.com. That website link is in the show notes and we can work with you to create an experience to bring conversations that are sometimes difficult to have to your workplace or to your team. Now back to the show. Okay, so you've been a leader in big brands, you've created your own brand, <laughs> you know, you've seen a lot of the fashion world. You also work with a lot of organizations that are focused on trying to, you know, bring in black talent or highlight, mm -hmm. you know, uh, creators of color and all of that. You've lended your voice to lots of conversations in that space. What I would love to kind of hear from you is, you know, what is it that you think is obstructive? Like, what are the mindsets? Because what I would like to address in this podcast is, you know, what, what potentially are the privileged mindsets that people aren't noticing that are keeping them from engaging, recruiting, you know, finding ways to pull in this vast world of talent that you've been spending lots of time in your career trying to make sure you're supporting and giving visibility to. I've been spending lots of time in my career doing the same in a different industry, yeah, right? Yeah. So what, what do you think some of those mindsets are that are getting in the way? I think it's stereotypes. Mm. I think people have stereotypes that just don't allow them to see past certain points of people. You know, when you think of people as a whole, um, we're not understanding people the right way, especially in fashion. You know, I think that, you know, when I started in this industry, luxury only hired people who were like, that came in looking posh and, mm. and, and things like that, right? But if someone came in just because they, they couldn't afford what that brand was, um, doesn't mean that they don't understand how to then be an asset to you as a company. Right. Right. And so I think that um, this old, this kind of old guard mindset is for us to sell people like us, we need to hire people like us. Mm -hmm. When you don't, what you really need is a very diverse group. If, if everyone thinks like you, no one's going to think outside the box Absolutely. and allow you to stay relevant. And so, you know, I always say, have the courage to listen to the youth. Yeah. And I remember... I when, love that. Have the courage to listen to the youth. Yeah. That is it. Because what you'll learn and what you'll understand is kind of like how uh, in the early 2000s when the kids were teaching the grandparents how to use the internet and yes, log on, right? Absolutely. They, they had to listen to them because right. they didn't know. They didn't know how. You know, mm -hmm. or it's like with Facebook. When companies wanted to understand how to use it and advertise on it, it was usually the younger generation that had to explain it to them, right? It's like, oh, we use it for this. We use it to communicate this, at, you know, ABC, X, Y, and Z. And so I think that, um, 
you know, these gatekeepers aren't looking at talent, especially talent of color and saying, you're very different than anything we have in this office. Mm -hmm. You belong in this office. Yeah. I actually have a young person who works for me. She's, um, you know, I always tease her and say, you're my Gen Z or I need your opinion (laughs) because she's young, but she's even said too, like, I mean, repeatedly, I will never work in a corporation. You are the closest that will get to a corporation. So to your point, like the mindsets are different. What people are looking for in terms of support is different. The ideas that they're going to bring to what they want the future to look like mm-hmm. is different. Well, and we, of all people, should know they are shaping what's coming because we did it. We shaped absolutely. You know, where we are today. Absolutely. And so they're going to shape what's next. And so it is super important if you want to, to your point, stay relevant, that you are figuring out how to tap into the young folks. Yeah. And they look at corporations very differently. Like the days yes. of staying 25 years and getting over. a gold Rolex are over. And they're happy to leave and have three jobs in two years to get where they're going. That's right. You know what I mean? That wasn't a case And their back peace then. of mind. Oh, absolutely. And their self-care. And their self-care. <laughs> okay. And, hey, and unlimited PTO. That's it. Because <laughs> it's it. Instagram. And, and I work Instagram remotely. Itself, <laughs> and I want to work remote. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, it's all these things that are being asked for. And companies saying, well, we don't want to do it. And okay, that's fine. Then you're not going to have talent in your organization. You're not going to have the talent. That's 100% it. You're not going to have the talent. And the same goes for attire. So one of the other things I really love about your brand is that to your point, it is casual, but not, right? It's it's still very neat. Mm -hmm. I can go from a thing that is, you know, incredibly professional to something that is very casual. And I mean, even with a simple change of shoes, right? I can throw your joggers on with some pumps or I can put on some sneakers. And I think that we live lives now that want that kind of versatility. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Um, I remember like staying up late and watching the National Geographic and it was talking about the earth and the axis. And if the earth was like 1% off the axis, mm. the entire, like the, our weather patterns would completely change. Oh, wow. Right? Like okay. just, just the way, you know, certain times of the year where it's warm, or the, that would change. That's what the pandemic has caused. Yes. Right? Like our, our pattern of life has absolutely changed. Mm-hmm. And so why are we sticking with these, 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 these kind of relic pre COVID relics of the way we need to show up. Yeah. Like for you, like you said, a simple change of shoes. I don't want to feel overdressed and underdressed in any situation that I'm in. I want to be able to go to a meeting that is super business and then turn around and meet my friend for lunch yep. and then turn around and meet my other friends for drinks in the same outfit and not have to worry about how I look in either one because exactly. I know that I, I, um, you know, I'm dressed appropriately for yeah, all of them. I'm pulled together. Right? Yeah, for I'm all of together. It. And so, and yeah. listen, y'all, if you get a chance, please go out to the June 79 site and check out. I mean, we're going to put check in the show notes, show notes how to follow Sean, but I definitely want you to check out the product because it is for men. It is a, it is for women. Yeah. I've seen women with like this jacket with a cute little bralette top and, you know, the shorts. It's, listen, yeah. there's a vibe Thank happening you. here. It's a vibe for sure. It is a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a and vibe. we're also sold in Saks too. So oh. shout out to Saks for... <laughs> Picking us up. We're in seven doors at Saks and and um, and one's in Atlanta. They, and one is in Atlanta. We're in the Atlanta store, and they've done a great job of promoting and 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 talking to our brand, and getting it out there. So you know, shout out to them and the stores that carry us too, is I huge. Love that. And so I um no, we're excited. We're excited on the journey that we're on. What we're building, it's different. We're not following what the other brands are doing, and we're kind of you know paving, and defining our own space in fashion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you deserve that. All Thank right, you. a couple more questions for you. One, yeah. what do we? What can we expect next? Yeah, I am working on. Uh, we're wrapping up our spring twenty four, so mm-hmm. that's going to be it's just you know taking it to a whole another level. Just continuing to stay fly. Okay, um, ready. And so I'm I'm excited to kind of show the world our 
Yeah, the things that we have expanded into, because um, I think that there's just so much more. Like we're barely scratching the surface with the unsuit and really defining this what I call a tailored casual segment of business. Yeah. Um, and then we have some collaborations that we're working uh, on, um, some sports inspired themes that um, I'm excited to talk to once the contract is signed. Okay. Um, and so, and just building and really, uh, um, you know, as we continue to build and grow. Um, you know, and I want to find talent out there and, and bring them into our organization and build with them. Yeah. You know, so that's, um, you know, that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. I love yeah. that. You always have some quality young folks around you. So I appreciate that. Always, too. always. All right. Yeah. My last question. This okay. show is called guilty privilege mm. because I think people feel guilty about their privilege <clears throat> or they don't know they have it. Yeah. And so, you know, privilege is not something that's, you know, really for you to feel bad about, but sometimes we do. Yeah. So I would love to know what privilege do you have that you refuse to feel guilty about? That I refuse to feel guilty about. That's I refuse right. to feel guilty about being smart. Listen, say some, more about that, please. <laughs> I refuse people, you know, and in some cases when you're the only person of color in the room, I got challenged on just being smart yes. and being intelligent and being able to articulate myself. And my, I, I won't curse, but you will get a big, you know, you F curse, you <laughs> for even, you know, um, questioning what I bring to the table, yeah, you know, cause I'm at the table for a reason. Yeah. So why question why I'm here versus understanding what I'm bringing to it? Absolutely. And so, yeah. I would also, you know, like to share that sometimes that smart thing is intercultural, like being the smart black person among the black people sometimes can be a little tough. I mean, it, it, it's <laughs> like, tough there too, yeah. even with our own people. Yeah. And look, I, um, it's funny. I was, I was having a conversation yesterday with someone about like when I first graduated college and I came back home and you know the guys I grew up with were just like yo you on that side now and it was like yes. you know that old Chris Rock you get more respect coming out of jail than you do coming that's home from right. college that's right and I, I felt that and so you know but it's it's one that at that point I didn't care because the path that I wanted to go down I knew it looked different than the path that I started on yeah and so I was happy to go down that path I was happy to kind of so you know in some cases it'd be your own people um but you feel it more when it's from others. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so um, we yeah. kind of get it when it's our own people. We get it. We when don't it's our love own. it, but I we mean, get it. but we grew up with that, right? Like right. everyone, you know just, how to navigate it. Everyone, you know, you know how to navigate it. Everyone's gonna clown each other. Everyone's gonna crack right, jokes. Right. Everyone's <laughs> right. gonna, and you know, you're gonna catch these jokes and you keep it moving. Yep. But when it comes from others, it's it's different mm -hmm. because you don't have a right to tell me. Yes. That exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't you don't have yeah. You don't, you don't get the grace. You don't get the grace. You won't catch the smoke. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for coming to chat with me today. Thank you for having me. This was fantastic. Appreciate that. Yeah, I can't good wait time. to get to hang out again. Yeah, we will. We All will right. for sure. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right.